but it was a high enough elevation that you just looked over the entire town and you saw the sunrise and like it hit me in that moment. I'm like, man, this is living. Diz Runs Radio, episode 926, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you by the Coterie and the one-to-one coaching, my coaching. So I guess that means I'm the sponsor, right? Which is seemingly more and more common these days, which is fine. I don't, I don't mind at all. Uh, and especially when it comes to talking about coaching, because I, I love doing it, uh, have a lot of fun, have gotten to know some, some really great people, uh, over the years and, and would love to get to know a few more. So if you're maybe finding yourself in the market, kind of looking, looking at the horizon, looking at, uh, what's still to come here in, in 2021 and beyond and, and fingers crossed some races, uh, starting to happen, uh, at least being more likely to happen. And maybe that you're more likely to participate in them and you would like some guidance and how to get there. Of course, you can get the book, but if you want, you know, you want to come straight to uh, straight to the horse's mouth, we got those options available as well. As of this episode going out um, on on the Ides of March, we have uh, two, soon to be three openings in the coterie and four openings at the one to one coaching level. So, if you want to check out the details on either of those price points, perks, what you get, all that good stuff. Uh, disruns.com slash coaching is the place to start. And then you branch off into the appropriate pages from there. Uh, and if you want to sign up, all that information is on the website as well. Obviously, if you have any questions, let me know. I'll give it to you straight. I promise. And I'm not going to try to hard sell you. I'll just give you the information and you can decide, uh, whether or not working with me right now is ever the right option or right now, the right option. Uh, those, those choices are all available to you and, and no extra pressure for me, of course. So uh, disruns.com slash coaching for, for general details. Uh, disruns.com slash coterie. Disruns.com slash one-to-one. The number is one-to-one coaching uh, for the specifics on those two levels. Uh, and again, any questions, just let me know. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is uh, someone that is currently training for a pretty big summer challenge and uh, it's one of those summer challenges that supports a cause. And this, and in this case, in a lot of cases, and for other folks that we've talked about over the years or talked to over the years, uh, it's a cause that's very much near and dear to his heart, a little family connection. Uh, obviously, we'll get into the what's and the why's as we go. So instead of uh, toiling around with a whole long introduction, let's just uh, kick things off by welcoming Mr. Marty Pasternak to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Marty. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Danny. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And guys, if uh, you want to find out more about Marty, what he's got going on, uh, support the cause, which, again, we will get to as we go today, uh, pitcanal.com, P-I-T-C-A-N-A-L, just like it's it sounds like it should be spelled, uh, .com is the website. Uh, on Instagram, probably more than Twitter, but he's also there on Twitter, but it doesn't look like he's done a whole lot on Twitter for for a minute, uh, but Instagram, still still regularly posting there. Uh, same handle both places, though, at OCR librarian 315 at OCR librarian 315 all 
one word jumbled together right there. Uh, and as per usual, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes today. Links, uh, social media, links to the challenge, photos, the whole nine. Dizruns.com slash 926 is the link back to the show notes for today. Dizruns.com slash 926. So, uh, Martin, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show is with a, a very uh, simple question, the same question. Uh, sometimes it's a it's a, an easy answer. Sometimes it's uh, a little bit more difficult, uh, but usually it gives us plenty of places to, to branch off from, which is why I like it so much. And that's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Well, Denny, I've lost sleep over this question. I'm not even going to lie. Um, because, you know, I've had a conversation with my girlfriend about it and actually a couple other people. And, you know, I always, I want to say the 10K because I think it's a pretty solid distance, right? But I can still, you know, burn it up pretty good and push myself at a pretty good pace. But here's why I've lost sleep about it. And I realized that this morning I have technically only ran two in-person races, road races, uh, just strict running. Now there's obstacle course racing in there too, but one of them was a 5k, my first one, which I definitely will talk about today. And the other one, I was a pacer for my, uh, at the time, four-year-old daughter for a one mile race. <laughs> so those are the only two races I've really actually ran in person. Um, so I don't really know, but I, I, I love the 10k distance. It's my favorite one to regularly run, uh, for, tra- for training purposes. Um, I've done a bunch of virtuals. I've ran a couple hundred miles of virtuals in the past year. Um, but yeah, uh, 10K is definitely by far my favorite so far. Okay. Okay. Well, what if we what if we expanded it out into the, the OCR world? What would be your favorite distance or type of race or whatever on, on that front? Now, the OCR world, uh, Spartan is my bread and butter. I love Spartan races. Um, yeah, I started out my, my very first race in general. Um was actually back, I want to say it was 2018, so it was not that long ago. And it was a bone frog uh, obstacle horse race, and I just did the sprint. And I was, I was weightlifting a lot more because traditionally I'm not a runner. I liked weightlifting. Um, and even even saying that, I really didn't weightlift a lot throughout my life. But um, <laughs> over the past couple of years, I've been working out a lot more. And I had a couple of buddies that were training for this bone frog OCR and we were hanging out one night, just, you know, shooting the breeze. Uh, I was sharing a couple of the recent leg lifts I had, I had done. And my friend Chris was like, Marty, you should join us for this bone frog. And he kind of explained it to me a little bit. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know. That, that seems kind of extreme. I, I don't really run. He goes, oh, no, there's, you know, don't worry about the running. As long as you're strong, you'll be all right. First major <laughs> lie, by the way. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, at the time I was actually in the process of going through a divorce, unfortunately. Um, and my wife at the time, now ex-wife, I, I talked to her cause we were, you know, we we're still together. We have a daughter together. Uh, fortunately we both co-parent very well and communicate very well with each other. Still things just, you know, weren't going well in our relationship. Um, but I had talked to her about it and she was kind of the catalyst too, because she then followed it up with, well, what if you die or get hurt? So then at that point, it's like, all right, you know what? I just got to do this. And uh, <laughs> I went out. It was, it was at Kissing Bridge back home in Buffalo area. And it was up and down mountains, which pretty much is standard for obstacle course races, which I did not know <laughs> until uh, I did this. So th- this was a shock to me. And um, I guess Chris was kind of right because there was really no running involved until I was running downhill. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, The rest of the time I was walking or crawling or begging for my life. (laughs) And uh, I, I, I remember finishing. I had made a wrong turn too. I also get, I have a history of getting lost on races. I'm really good at that. I don't like following directions, but, um, I, I finished that race. It was a horrible finish and I felt great. Like mm-hmm. physically I was drained. I was beat to hell. Um, but I was like, man, I did that. That was awesome. And you know, with the bone frog as Navy seals owned and operated. So, you know, it had that kind of man, you know, Tough guy, manly ass mm. moniker. To it. So, you know, I had a little bit of a, a a a vibe from it, right? And that summer we did another, you know, local fun mud run, which was much bigger, but it, it wasn't competitive. And mm. I, I do have a competitive streak, competitive nature. So, and I'm I'm gonna make sure I send this to my friends Chris and Brendan because it, all of this is their fault. <laughs> um, they suggested uh, the following March to do our first Spartan, right? And it was out at uh, Greek Peak, New York. It was just a sprint. And all of us were afraid of the Spartan because they're, they're a little more rigid with mm-hmm. the rules. Like if you fail on an obstacle, you've got to do burpees instead of just going back, retrying the obstacle, or maybe even just skipping it. Um, and we were all oblivious to really the rules and whatnot. And me, you know, I, I just finalized the divorce and, you know, I'm kind of like, ah, I don't know. I don't really want to spend the money, mm-hmm. whatever. And I remember that feeling finishing the bone frog, right? And that feeling of accomplishment. And I'm like, you know what? I need a win right now. Right. It's really that simple. And I signed up for it. Both of them bailed on me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, of course... I'm, I'm that prideful guy. I'm not going to stop. So I went out and I, I did it. And I remember the the starting corral, you know, you look straight up the mountain and like, I, I in my mind, the first obstacle is just, well, getting mountain. through the finish line and starting up the mountain and halfway up, I'm dying. I, I, I took off right out of the gate. You know, I made the typical rookie mistake, um, which is even worse going straight up a ski slope <laughs> and I'm dying. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing to myself? Why am I here? I, I have nothing to prove to anybody. You know, it's not even like that. You know, you get together with your buddies and you want to try and one up your buddies. Both my buddies bailed. Right. And you know, I, all these people are passing me and I'm just like, man, this sucks. And I, I get to the crest of that mountain and or, well, it wasn't even the crest of the mountain. It was uh, a trail off to the side probably about halfway up, but it was a high enough elevation that you just looked over the entire town and you saw the sunrise and like it hit me in that moment. I'm like, man, this is living. Mm. This is it. And I don't know. So the, the sprint five K's on a mountain are, are by far my, my favorite Spartans, but I've done all except the ultras. Um, I was planning on doing a couple ultras last year and then COVID hit and ruined right. everybody's plans. Um, but yeah, I love those five K's because, you know, there, there's nobody that's finishing a five K obstacle course race in 20 minutes. Right. You know, it, it you know, my best time is 57 minutes and that mm-hmm. was pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those have definitely been my favorite so far and, you know, traveling around to some of the places I've been able to go to do the Spartan races has been phenomenal and the atmosphere too. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, cause 
again, with the bone frog and whatever, it was smaller. There was only like 500 people there right. and it was scattered throughout the day. And like, don't get me wrong. There was camaraderie, there was support, things mm-hmm. like that. But at Spartans, they averaged like 6,000 people. Right. And the festival is massive. And you like get to talk to like, I, I'll, I'll never forget that first one again, coming down the mountain, um, getting ready to do it. Cause somebody, the, the, the MC at the start line challenged everybody to do, um, a fallout penguin dive straight down on the belly <laughs> down the last ski, last ski slope. So like in my head, the entire race, I'm like, I, I am doing this, mm-hmm. which I did. And I was lucky. I, I didn't think about it after the fact that I could have skidded over a rock really yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but I mean, at that point, you know, I, I was coming up to the fire jump. I had just jumped up and over walls up and down mountain. I mm-hmm. didn't really care about a little rock. Um, but I was running along a woman that came to, from Germany for that race, wow. you know, and the the connections and the people that I've met through it have really been an inspiration um, and have been really helpful. And I don't know, they, they've kept pushing me. So it, it's been an amazing community to be a part of. I, I'm fortunate to be a certified Spartan SGX coach now. Nice. Um, so, and that's where the OCR librarian comes from because mm-hmm. i'm librarian by trade as we talked about a little bit pre-show here um which still doesn't make much sense to me <laughs> i'm the only librarian i know of that brings a kettlebell to work um, <laughs> is that is that the late fine for the kids at school like if they don't uh, don't bring their books back on time they gotta do kettlebell swings well it's actually hilarious because I, I work with another nonprofit in the syracuse City school district um called building men and like I'll, we we do a lot with the boys, but a lot you know some of it uh, comes back to physical fitness and whatnot. And even during the pandemic, right? Because we have some kids in the building and whatnot. Uh, one of our mentors who works in the seventh grade, he, he's notorious for this. And now we don't, you know, we can't actually make kids do physical, <laughs> right? So I have to make sure I specify that I don't want to lose my job. Um, but you know, we have a couple of our boys that are hyper. Right. And, you know, especially being confined, not being able to interact, not having as many people around the kids, you know, stay in the same classroom all day now. You know, so the, I, I have a couple of my build and men boys that are just like sitting there jumping in their seats, you know, out of their skin. So one of our mentors will come down and we'll, we'll do various workouts in the library with, you know, a couple of the boys one at a time, you know, very spaced out and whatnot, obviously. Um, but occasionally they'll want to pick up the kettlebell and it's only a 35 pounder, but for an eighth grader or a seventh grader, that's half their body weight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's always a challenge for them. And it's fun, you know, te- making sure we teach them proper form on right. certain things, you know, how not to get hurt. Um, and we had one kid, uh, I think it was last week come in and we were teaching him how to do goblet squats. Nice. He's like, I don't see the point of this. And, and then he tries to do one. Yeah, I think he gets like two or three reps and he goes, oh, my core. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't work out your core, do you? He goes, no, that's like essential for, I don't know, everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a lot of fun with that. And yeah, I don't know. I've been able to bring a lot of the lessons I've learned from my various races into education and whatnot. And I don't know, the boys love it. Yeah. It's So... It's a really long answer to that first question. No, me, that's but. that's all right. That's that's what we like around here is because as as per usual, like I have like six follow up questions, and so then it just becomes the, the difficulty of like which 
which angle <laughs> do we want to take from this? Because no matter what, I have a pretty good feeling that whichever angle we take, it's not going to come back to a point where it would make sense to ask one of the other questions. And that's, and that's quite all right. Um, so I guess, I, you know, I've talked to a few folks that, that are primarily kind of Spartan, Spartan-y or OCR type of, of folks before. Um, and, and as, as I've said a few times, and I don't know that you've heard any of these episodes, cause I know you said you've listened to a few, but like, um, I'm, I'm intrigued, but not enough to sign up. Like, like it's one of those things where I think that if you could guarantee me like perfect weather conditions and I, I'd be open to it, but of course you can't, you like, you can't do that. Um, and like just the idea of like flopping around in the mud and the muck and the, and the water and stuff when it's like 47 degrees or 52 degrees, like, no, thanks. If it was 70 degrees, all right, well, maybe, maybe we could talk about that. Um, but anyway, all that to say, I, I have no experience of running obstacle course type of, of events. Um, but, uh, since seeing as you're an instructor, a, a coach, somebody that would potentially kind of help somebody that maybe wants to take that, that leap and, and, and dabble into it. Um, where would you suggest if somebody's listening that is thinking about it, maybe, you know, hopefully if things go well and, and this year you can, we can get back to doing some of those bigger events safely and, and getting out there around some folks and, and getting muddy and all that kind of good stuff. Um, and they've got a, a halfway decent running background. Cause if they listen to the show, they probably have a halfway decent running background. Um, where would they start as far as, as training for and getting, getting prepared for, um, obviously a lot of upper body demands, but probably there's a lot of lower body strength demands that are different from running as well. But, but where should we start training for, for obstacle course type of events? The biggest thing with obstacle course events, well, it depends on the person, right? So like you, you obviously you brought up the upper body stuff. So people always think of, of the pull-ups, the shoulder exercises, things like that. Um, but it also depends. So like, on uh, like the monkey bar type obstacles, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people think about going full extension of their arms, so keeping their arms completely straight, and that will require a lot more shoulder. Now, with my background, you know, sports when I was younger, volleyball and baseball, I've done a lot of damage to my shoulders. Mm-hmm. They're strong, but I've done a lot of damage to them, uh, and I have a decent you know, bicep, you know, upper body uh, arm strength. So instead, I keep my arm, my elbow bent, mm-hmm. almost like a 90-degree angle going across, so instead of using, you know, trying to force my shoulders, which I, I, uh, I'll hurt regularly, um, I, I keep most of the pressure on my biceps. So like, again, it all depends on where you are, but you know, you play to your strengths because the, the, the nice thing about OCR, right. Is uh, obviously if you're going for the competitive, you know, the age group or, you know, the, um, um, elite categories, you, you need a full all around training. You know, I, I know some guys that are out there running 78 miles a week, plus putting in an hour and a half at the gym every day. Right. Uh, I, I don't understand how <laughs> they have lives. Um, but again, I think they do that just as they're living. <laughs> so, um, you want to start with an open and the open events are great because I, you know, being a coach I, at a lot of the events, I'll spend time in what's called the coach zone, right? So we have a couple of test obstacles there where people can come to, uh, at least with Spartan. This isn't with every right. uh, OCR, obviously, but with Spartan, you know, you come, you talk to a coach, you can experiment with some of the obstacles, get some tips, tricks, training, you know, like we have the Atlas Stone carry, which the Atlas Stone is an 80 to 100 pound rock, essentially, mm. that you have to pick up, take about forget exactly how far the distance is i want to say 
maybe 20, 30 feet, something like that. Bring it back. You know, it's, it's not too far, but with a hundred pound stone. Right. It's not too far, but it's not nothing. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then it also gets packed into the dirt. So oh, like Lord. it goes six, eight inches deep where you got to try to roll it out of this hole in the ground now mm-hmm. because people have been picking it up dropping and dropping it in the same spot mm-hmm. all day long. Um, but with that, people just try to deadlift it, right? Which isn't necessarily a bad thing if you got the back strength for it. But a lot of people honestly do not have the grip strength or the ability to grab something like that and just straight deadlift right. it. So, you know, you go to the coaching zone, we'll teach you how to get down on one knee, roll it kind of onto your knee, cradle mm-hmm. underneath it, and then stand up. You know what I mean? So little things like that. And like with the open events, there are people out there that are just out there, again, for that that feeling of accomplishment when you finish, right? And the satisfaction of knowing that you overcame something. Mm. And that's one of the things that really got me in with the Spartan community is that it's not about the time. You know, yeah, I have competitions with myself or with my friends. You know, uh, my, my one friend, Callie, we were, we were talking about our run one day. She thought she beat me at this year's Greek peak and then made sure she looked at the stats and found out she didn't. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it, it's it's really about just crossing the finish line. Mm-hmm. Right. And earning that uh, regardless of how you've done it. And I've seen people and, you know, I, I've joked about it with a couple of people like, in my head, going into obstacle horse racing, these people I never imagined would ever even try. Mm-hmm. You know, people very heavy set, um, people completely out of shape, you know, can't do the rope climb. A rope climb is probably one of the most feared obstacles in all of OCR, even though it's fairly straightforward, simple, and everybody learns it mm-hmm. at a young age. Um, but everybody can, can finish it. Right. And I, I know people, you know, skip obstacles on the, on the, in the opens and things like that and do what they can. You know, it's always encouraged to give it a shot. Right. You know, we don't want anybody to hurt themselves. But if you can't do it, you, you learn from it and you train for it for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's the big thing is always trying to improve, always trying to get better. Um, I, again, my first obstacle course back at Greek Peak a couple of years ago, I think I failed five obstacles. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I don't know, 30 burpees, 150 burpees yeah. on the day <laughs> plus, you know, 30 obstacles. Yeah, no, it's 20 obstacles, at least attempts. So 15 completed, five failed, um, and 3.5 miles on a mountain made for a very long day. Mm-hmm. But again, when I finished, you know, I finished, I right. did it. I, I, it, it. It was an unbelievable feeling. Um, but yeah, so if you're starting out, you know, there, I know, I know there, there's a lot of SGX coaches. I know, especially with everything that's gone virtual, Spartan has done a lot more, uh, a lot of different things with the coaching venues. Um, I unfortunately have not been coaching as much because my gym shut down originally mm-hmm. at the pandemic. Right. And then with a couple other things, and, and obviously with the challenge that I'm working on now, um, that stuff is taking kind of a, a side seat. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very much looking forward to getting a couple of Spartans under my belt. I was planning on doing 150 miles of Spartans last year, um, which 150, like, it's funny because now that I talk about 150 miles, you know, I've ran that d- twice over this year already, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but you throw in 
obstacles every quarter mile right. and mountains and, and like 150 miles is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I started out great last year. Mark, uh, Greek peak was one of the last Spartans before the shutdown. And, um, I had the opportunity to go out as a pre-runner. So mm-hmm. check the course in the morning. So I was, I was actually the first person to cross the finish line at last nice. year's Greek peak officially. <laughs> um, even ahead of all of the elites, something I, I, I held near and dear to my heart. Um, and then I completed two more laps on the day. Uh, cause I had, I had to do my personal one and then I had some clients and actually some students come out to mm-hmm. run. Awesome. Um, so I ran three, five Ks on a mountain in a single day, which <laughs> not necessarily recommended, but you know, it's fun. Right. Right. Um, what are, what are the obstacles that, uh, give you the most trouble? Is it the arm stuff, the upper body stuff? Cause your shoulders or is it something else? Like what, what, what are you, what, what, when you see it, you're like, Oh hell, like, oh, this might be some burpees <laughs> if I'm not careful. Um, the rope climb, it, it, it all depends on where I'm at with my upper body strength and my grip strength and where the rope climb is positioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so the rope climb is one of those ones where I've, I've made it about half the time and there's other times, like if it's right after another climb or, um, there was one time I took a spell and my arm was kind of hurting and I was just like, ah, I'm not going to be able to do this today. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one is I, I always dread that one um there's a couple with like rope ladders depending on the distances right because they change you know the courses change venue to venue and distance mm-hmm. to distance um but there's this one called ape hanger which is specific to i think only palmerton and tahoe i think those are the only two races in the country that have it um but it's basically in a massive puddle. <laughs> of course, right? because that's and where you, every good obstacle starts. Yes. <laughs> and it's a wire ladder. It's not even a rope ladder. It's a wire ladder. So it's really thin that then you climb up to another rope ladder going across mm. the water and then back down with a rope on the other end. And that has been my kryptonite so far. I've done Palmerton twice now, I think. And I have yet to accomplish that one obstacle. So I dread it and I'm excited about it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those, those ones are, are really the tricky ones. The rest of them are, are you know, they've got inverted walls right. and things like that. And most of the upper body stuff I can handle because again, I have learned how to compensate mm-hmm. for my shoulder injuries with my biceps. Uh, this year is going to be a little bit difficult if I'm able to get on in Spartan because I really jacked up my shoulder and I'm one of those people that just doesn't really pay attention at times to my body. And if I'm doing a challenge, I just try to trudge through um, because pain is temporary, right? Except Except for for when it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Except for when, you know, six months later, I'm like, oh man, I really should get the shoulder issue looked at. Um, I'll just compensate and do something else. Mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, So don't people, if you're listening, make sure you get injuries checked out. Don't just, you know, be bullheaded like me, please save you a lot of pain mm-hmm. but uh yeah so those are my tonight but again other people have other ones that they're you know monkey bars were always a fear of mine um bone frog had one that was basically just a, a metal ladder that was angled going up going across a cargo net that was like 30 feet in the air and uh at first i was really nervous about that because i'm like i i'm i'm falling there's just no way but i i made it across i was really happy that was their final one that was really cool because they had the american flag in the background they get some amazing pictures with that 
Um, and I mean, really, if you're going to do an OCR, it's for some of the pictures that you can get, right. like, the, the pictures they get are phenomenal. Um, but yeah, and to your point earlier about the weather, I am sorry. I, it, unless it's like how it is right now in Syracuse, I do not like doing anything outside when it's 20 degrees or less. Um, I, I, I really can't stand it. But uh, as long as it gets, gets up into the 30s and 40s, I'm all right with it, which I know for you, <laughs> you know, Florida sounds very masochistic. Um, but no, the, the weather, though, like the dirtier and crappier the weather, as long as there's not lightning, obviously, mm-hmm. the better because, it, you know, I, I have not been a runner my entire life. Right. I, I hated running when I was younger. Um, and I always considered myself slow until I recently started actually running road races and found out that apparently I'm not that slow. <laughs> um, it was, it was a newsflash to me. Like I, I, we, we could talk about that in a minute, but, uh, like it, it felt like it gave me that competitive edge because it slowed down those other ones. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of the person, like, like I said, I don't believe in stopping, mm-hmm. you know, once I start my forward momentum, I know if I stop it's going to take a lot more for me to go. So even when I'm carrying, you know, a bucket of crushed stone over my shoulder going again, up a ski slope, because Mm -hmm. you know, that's what we like to do. Apparently. Um, now I'm thinking about Palmerton, you know, plenty of people will will stop, put the bucket down, sit on it, catch their breath, you know, which is fine. And I I always encourage Mm -hmm. people to take breaks, but in my head, it's like, if I do that, I'm not making it up. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go slowly. I'll slow myself down, but I will put one foot in front of the other and right. I'll just keep trudging away. Um, because I, I, I just, I don't know. I want to make sure I don't stop. If I, if I commit to something, mm-hmm. I need to finish it period. Well, that's a, a perfect segue into, um, into the challenge, which, which, you know, first, you know, whatever it's been 20, 25 minutes, something like that, 30 minutes that we've been talking, you know, lots of, of thoughts that have gone through my head. Lots of things that you've said is, is like, you know, shorter distance stuff, obviously the, the Spartan stuff, the OCR stuff, which, you know, not that we've gotten into the nuts and bolts of it, but from, from what I understand from, and from what you've kind of said, like, you know, it's, it's running and running is important, obviously. But it's lots of stops and starts on the running because there's all the obstacles and there's the this and there's the that and it's not so much of just like get out there and and go. Um, but the challenge this summer, I think, is a little opposite of that. It's a lot of get out there and just go. Uh, that mindset that you just mentioned will be valuable for you once you start. Keep going. Um, but uh, what is? Tell us a little bit about the uh, the pain in the canal challenge that uh, you've got lined up for uh, for the the heat of the summer in uh the beautiful state of new york yeah so the pain of the canal pain of the canal challenge is going to be me running from albany to buffalo new york along the uh famous erie canal the historic erie canal trail which new york state put all together um now since i'm assuming not all of your listeners are from new york that would equal 361.5 miles um and i am also because that's not sick enough. Um, I've, I'm also going to try to do this. In, well, no, I'm not going to try. I'm going to do this in seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, and believe it or not, this all, it, well, it all started with that first 5K that I was telling you about, right? So my younger cousin, Kevin, um, he he was diagnosed with colorectal cancer at 28 years old. Wow. 
And, uh, you know, he, like he and I were polar opposites growing up. I was the complete asshole, right? (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was, I was a kid that liked to party, liked to go out. I didn't really start my education until my mid to late twenties. You know, I graduated from college at 30. Um, I, I was a punk, you know, I got kicked out of high school, which makes it really entertaining that I'm a teacher today. I think that's just more (laughs) karma and punishment than anything. Um, but you know, he was a good kid, you know, did things right, you know, married, uh, his wife, Hillary, they, they have an amazing, uh, family. They're amazing people. Right. Um, he tells the story that, you know, they found out they were pregnant with their first daughter, Abby, and, he did, he, you know, he decided he had to do the adult thing and go get checked out. And he, uh, found out that he had an advanced case of colorectal cancer. And, you know, I thought about what my reactions to that would kind of be. Right. And I, I remember I heard you talk about something similar, right? I think it was, uh, an episode where you're talking with a, a guest that lost their leg. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that self pity, that you would have gotten, man, I would have been devastated. I would not have wanted to come out of my room. Mm -hmm. Um, Kevin, and I I know he's gone through moments like that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's human, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've talked to him and the family a couple of times and you know, they've struggled, but in the same breath, he had become this amazing advocate for, you know, colorectal cancer uh, screening for, uh, people fighting colorectal cancer. He started working with numerous different agencies, doing fundraisers. And he's also got kind of the, the, the sense of humor that I have. I, and that might be a family trait. I'm not really sure. Um, but he partnered up with the Colorectal Cancer Alliance to do the undie run in Buffalo, mm. which, you know, one of the, one of the pieces of swag is a nice pair of blue boxers. Uh, right. cause, uh, Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month color is blue, mm-hmm. and I'm rocking my blue today because you know we're recording this on Wear Blue Friday for colorectal cancer. Um, and it was I had always wanted to do something to kind of help him out, right, and support him. But again, I wasn't a runner, mm-hmm. right. Um, so I had gotten a couple of OCRs under my belt, and that race was coming up, and I was like, well, you know what, I can use it for a training run. You know, at that point I was, I was really attempting to try to hit 20 miles a week. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it was out in Buffalo back home. I live, I'm out in Syracuse now, so a couple hours away. And I went to the race and I'm talking with him beforehand, and, you know, whatever. And we start the run and I'm moving and I'm hustling. Right. And I, I know I'm pushing myself a little bit, but I'm kind of enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. It was like this out and back loop through Delaware park, but like the way back cut inside. So you weren't like passing everybody mm-hmm. that, that was behind you. You were kind of seeing them on the trail to your left. And I remember I was, I was, I was feeling pain because I had that competitive streak going mm-hmm. with me. I saw these two uh, women running ahead of me that I was, I was really just trying to chase down. And I had the thought of slowing down and just, you know, relaxing a little bit. And then I saw Kevin and his family walking you know, the course. And then I realized that there were a bunch of other people with them. There were either, you know, people that had colorectal cancer or family members who had lost somebody or something like that. They were Mm -hmm. out there to support. And the thought hit me, I don't know pain. Mm -hmm. 
you know, these guys know pain. And I, I went faster mm-hmm. and I chased down those girls and my first 5k was 23 minutes. Wow. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I placed first overall in my, my age group. I placed, uh, I think it was seventh overall for the race. And, um, like I, I realized in that moment, like, you know, I have the ability to, to do this stuff, mm-hmm. this physical fitness stuff. Right. And so over the past couple of years, um, cause again, that was, that was only 2019, Danny, that, that right. was my first road run. My first OCR was 2018. Like I've only been doing this for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Um, but I've done a couple of little fundraisers here and there. Right. You know, I'm going to go out and do, uh, my, my first one was trying to get a trifecta, which or in Spartan, which is the sprint, a 5k, um, the super, which at that time was actually an eight mile. They've cut it down to be more regulation. So it's only a 10 K now, mm-hmm. which can't, uh, I'm able to get a PR very easily now, um, <laughs> <laughs> down by two miles for me. Um, and then the, uh, beast, which is essentially a half marathon with mm-hmm. 30 obstacles. Um, so like, I was going to do that as a fundraiser for a charity that had, um, helped out Kevin and the family. Right. So then this year COVID happened and again, I couldn't do my traditional weight training. Mm-hmm. Um, I the gym I was working at was, was fortunate enough to drop me off a barbell and a couple hundred pounds of weight. So I was able to at least deadlift and do some things in my living room, right. which my, my, my four-year-old daughter absolutely loved. <laughs> <laughs> she created, she creates little obstacle horses in my mm-hmm. living room. Um, but I needed something else and you know, the virtual challenge just popped up and I was also working with a race company uh, locally, just small one, but you know, mm-hmm. we we're putting on small in-person events throughout the summer uh, with all sorts of regulations put into place, which was annoying, but great because we actually got to get people running mm-hmm. and I got to run the courses, which I appreciated. Uh, of course I ran the courses after everybody else finished or before everyone right. else started. Um, but, uh, another local guy, Rick, he put together this one NY challenge, which was essentially a virtual run across New York state. And I'm like, well, I need something to do. I'm just going to do it. So I did that over the course of like two and a half months, 600 some odd miles. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the ultra bug started, Mm. you know, peeking in, you know, because at this point, I did the 5k, which was impossible. I, I, I crushed that. Then the 10k was impossible. I, I did that. The half marathon was like uh, two years ago. I, I flat out told a friend <laughs> that would urge me to run a half marathon with her. I'm like, there's no way I'll ever run 13 miles. Um, I did that. Been mm-hmm. there, done that now. So like the marathon was coming up. I knew that like, I have to get a marathon distance, but like, I felt like that wasn't enough. Right. Cause every time it was one of these next bumps up, I was like, that was just too easy. I just, you know, mm-hmm. just stepped on my training a little bit more. So I was reading a bunch of books and, you know, learning about ultra, learning about training for ultra, things like that. And it was hysterical because I came across uh, running man by Charlie angle mm-hmm. and Charlie does a lot of Spartan races. I've met Charlie a couple of times. I've had conversations with Charlie. And I, I, I find the, the running this Hera 
mm-hmm. uh, documentary. So my girlfriend and I watched that for a night. And we had been talking about biking the canal because that's kind of a big thing out here. People bike across the canal, camp out, things like that. Uh, they do that every summer, obviously, except mm-hmm. for this past summer. Um, so we watched that. And I'm like, why don't I just do that across the canal? Um, so I reached out to Charlie and Charlie instantly was like, Oh yeah, we're doing this. You know, I, I, my friend, Chris, you know, he's already done this. He'll talk to you. You know, I'll help give you some pointers on coaching and things like that. You know, he was very helpful, which is awesome. So then I reached out to Kevin and like, now I have this idea that I'm going to do this challenge and, uh, I, am not really telling anybody about it yet because like, you know, you tell a couple of people now you're accountable for it. Right. You know, (laughs) and I, (laughs) I'm kind of like, Ah, this is still an idea phase. So I'm like, and over the summer, you know, I got to see Kevin at his daughter's birthday party. He's youngest. He's got three children now. Um, and he's 35 years old. And, you know, he, he it almost seemed like he was losing hope, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, not really. Right. Like, I, I think he was coming to more of like that understanding that things were coming to an end uh, sooner than later. Right. And that was really sad and depressing uh, for me. So I reached out to him and his wife uh, right around right before Christmas. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm planning on doing something well bigger than I've ever done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and would you guys want me to do a fundraiser for you guys? Um, and if so, what charity would you want me to do it for? And uh, Kevin replied with, well, I did start a nonprofit called the Buffalo Colon Corps and we just got passed over on a grant. So that'd be great. We want to do a statewide coalition, uh, getting people screened, getting insurers and employers put together, um, you know, making it more accessible for people to get screened, you know, kind of taking away the stereotype, you know, cause let's face it, nobody likes talking about their ass. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, men getting colonoscopies that that's like taboo right. to talk. Um, but you want to do this statewide coalition thing. And I'm like, wow, that's funny. Cause I'm planning on running across the state. <laughs> and it, it was just like all these little things started popping into place. And it's like, all right, this is the challenge I have to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I've talked about it recently with a couple of folks because now it's like, all right, you know, I technically never registered an official marathon, right? I've ran marathon distances or longer in a day before. Um, but now I'm looking at doing roughly two marathons a day for six days with just a small little marathon or less on day seven, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Um, but it's again, one of those things where, you know, at this point I'm committed to it and Mm -hmm. it is for a good cause. And I, it was another like, I don't want to say funny because none of this is really funny because it's colorectal cancer, but a little like coincidence, like I had the plan to do the seven mile or the seven days of the canal before talking to Kevin. And I realized like a week or two ago, now this has been a a three or four month project by now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I realized a week or two ago that Kevin's been fighting colorectal cancer for seven years. Mm -hmm. So every day of the run, is going to be essentially a microcosm of pain for me to kind of honor the fight that he's fought. Mm -hmm. And he's even with, you know, my, my comment about him, I don't want to say losing hope, but you know, that, right. that end, right. Um, coming sooner than later, you know, that man is still out there busting his butt 
you know, he's actually recording a podcast with another company today um, uh, about colorectal cancer, about screening. He's got a press conference in Buffalo. He's working with uh, Roswell Park. You know, the man just doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. And that's been kind of a mentality, right? It's like, you know, this guy is diagnosed with essentially a fatal disease. And rather than shutting down his life, shutting down his person, which Mm -hmm. is what a lot of us would, I'm fairly certain I would do at Mm -hmm. least even for a little bit. Um, he's used it as a platform to help others. Right. Right. And he's still pushed himself regardless of the pain. And, uh, I don't know that that's kind of the, the hope of what I'll be able to do is just, you know, regardless of the pain, you know, cause it, I'm not going to lie. It's, there's going to be parts mm-hmm. of it that are going to suck. Um, but it's really cool too, because we, I was encouraged by a couple of race directors that I know to create a virtual event and, you know, I know everybody's kind of sick of virtual events, but it's going to have a nice twist to it because I'm going to be inviting people, at least in New York. I mean, if people want to travel to New York for this, cool. <laughs> um, but, you know, as I'm running through New York State, you know, people that live along the canal, you know, be able to come out and run with me. A couple of shoe stores are going to put on like pre or post run parties, mm-hmm. you know, um, obviously make sure everybody's safe and things like that. Um but yeah, it's it's already uh, again. It, it's still very early on. This isn't until August. We're sitting here in the beginning of March, so I got a couple of few months left. But the impacts that it's already having, right? Um, like it, my mind is just blown uh, about how essentially what I consider a masochistic idea of <laughs> putting myself through hell for a week is genuinely inspiring and supporting others mm-hmm. uh, already in the early stages of it. And it, it's, it's been beautiful. So, yeah. It's awesome. That's awesome. How's, how's the training going so far? Um, well, I, I, if I haven't already told you funny stories, I got another funny story for you on this. <laughs> so again, I live in upstate New York. And as I said, I hate doing anything outside when it's 20 degrees or lower outside, which is approximately, you know, half the year up here. <laughs> so I was forced to get myself a treadmill and Oof. like, I never liked running before. And now I, I do. I, I love trail running. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. I do love that. Um, but I, it, treadmill running is the bane of my existence. I swear <laughs> if I could blow this thing up right now in my living room without damaging any of my stuff, I would happily do so. Um, but it's been a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been hitting between 40 and 50 miles a week pretty regularly, you know, taking some rest days off. And then as, um, my plan is as the, as it gets warmer and I get outside, I'm able to get some more miles on because I mean, let's be real 50 miles on a treadmill in a week. It's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's about fifty hard. miles more than I would prefer to run on a treadmill in a week. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but so this week, last week, um, I had a couple of days where I was forced to not run, and I knew I wasn't going to hit my minimum of fifty mile mark, but I wanted to do something big. So on Sunday, I decided I was going to do something I swore I would never do, and I was going to run a marathon on my treadmill. Yes, and uh, that that's not recommended ever. <laughs> uh, but so I, I, I'm running along, you know, I'm running at a decent pace, and 
I get to 25.91 miles. I'll, I'll never forget this. And I'm like, I'm feeling physically okay. You know, I'm drained, but I'm right. physically okay. So I crank up the speed a little bit to just kind of give everything I got for the last quarter mile. And uh, the motor on my treadmill that I bought <laughs> 90, not even 90 days ago burned out. Um, I'm currently looking at two treadmills because the they sent me the replacement that I got yesterday. Um, but they're not picking up the old one until next Wednesday. So I have a broken treadmill sitting on my patio currently. <laughs> but 25.92 miles. And, and I was using a foot pod to track it. Mm-hmm. And it had to be within range of my TV. So I, I attempted to run in place for a minute. Uh, just to, But that didn't work. And I'm like, I'm not going to you know, run back and forth in my living room for no. a quarter mile. That's just not going to happen right now. So I'm like, all right. I'm not doing, I'm not finishing it. I'm 25.98 is what it registered at. <laughs> that's terrible. That's terrible. It, yes. it, that's one of those where it would have been better if, if it would have died at mile 22, like, okay, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, again, I look at this and even with the treadmill, even though I can't stand it, there's going to be plenty of times while I'm out on the canal this summer where I'm going to be alone, even though I got plenty of people that have already said they're going to ride their bikes on to support me um i've got a support crew in place already but there's gonna be times where it's just gonna be me mm-hmm. running board and i'm not gonna want to push myself and my mentality has been if i can push myself to run 40 50 60 miles a week on a treadmill mm-hmm. um running 50 miles in a day outside um and i don't know if you've ever been up here on the Erie canal some of the towns and place it's just absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. to run along um, and it's relatively flat, which is kind of nice. Right. Um, I mean, there, there's about five, there's a total of 5,000 feet of elevation across 361 miles. That's not, not horrible. Yeah. And most of it is here in the center of the state in Syracuse where I live and I train. So mm-hmm. it, it's not going to be that bad. Um, but yeah, if I can suffer through the treadmill running and training right now, I, I think I'll be okay yeah. <laughs> being outside and, you know, occasionally having people come along. So, yeah. yeah. And this weekend, the, I might do uh, that four by four by forty eight challenge. Have you mm. heard about that from yep. Goggins? Yep. I, I'm waiting on hearing back because I might have to take a trip to Buffalo this weekend. I'm not 100 percent positive yet, um, but there's a, a solid chance that I'm probably going to try and do that too. Because gotcha. I mean, why yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Get comfortable with getting uncomfortable because you're going to be uncomfortable for uh, the, the better part of, of seven days and probably even a better part of seven days after after you finish uh, in August as well. Yeah. So for, so for those that want to get involved, like you said, is there's obviously if, if people are in the area, they want to run some willing to come, you know, travel a little bit or whatever, or if it's running through town, whatever, and run with you, that's an option. Um, but virtually, uh, like you said, lots of folks are kind of burned out on, on a, a virtual race situation. I might be one of them, although for the right cause, which this <laughs> for me, and I've said like, you know, personal, like my, my grandma passed with, with colon cancer. So like certainly a personal cause to me, no problem getting involved with a virtual, uh, situation. So, uh, for those that might be interested, uh, what, what are the virtual options that are available? So right now I have technically four options, right? So it originally started out with uh, half of the canal, so roughly 15 miles a week. There is an extra, I, my math was wrong when I set this up a little bit, so there's an extra two weeks there because I set it up to end with me rather than end when it should. Um, but roughly 15 miles a week, which is 187 miles from May 15th to August 21st. 
Uh, and then there's the 30 miles a week, which is the full canal. Um, that's 361.5 miles over that same time period, May 15th, August 21st. Um, there's going to be hopefully some special swag. We got some sponsorships we're working on. Um, definitely comes with one of these fantastic pain in the canal challenge, um, shirts and the 15 mile a week comes with a medal. Whereas 30 mile a week, I want to honor the ultra folks and get them a belt buckle. Um, so that that's in there. Then my friends at Roswell park, the ride for Roswell, and then a couple of my other triathlete friends really wanted a biking option. Mm -hmm. So we have a hybrid one where it's 360 miles of biking and then 120 miles of running over the three month period. And then my daughter did not want to be left out. (laughs) Um, even though she's five, she she wants to (laughs) run. She's great. That one mile race with her. She finished, she finished her first mile race in under 16 minutes. I was so proud of her. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so there's a kid's challenge on there. The kids challenge one is free. Um, it comes with the same interactive map as the other two or other three options rather. Um, but that one's just, and that one's open right now. Mm -hmm. It's just to get kids up and moving, you know, as an educator and, and I hate that kids sit inside and play video games all day long. Um, so even though my daughter is sitting inside, she, she gets on the treadmill a little bit. She'll do a little half mile clip here and there. Um, and then if the kids want the medal or the shirt, you know, there's an option to mm-hmm. buy those separately. But, yeah, the, all that's right on the website, pitcanal.com. Um, I've been updating the training blog on there, including some struggles and whatnot, because, you know, got to be real with it. Um, and then Kevin and the Buffalo Colon Corps are going to be adding some more stuff uh, about them. I got, I got a video about Kevin on there on uh, some of the struggles he's gone through. Mm-hmm. And again, March is colorectal cancer awareness month. So all month long we're doing, uh, I'll be posting a bunch of facts and tidbits on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so yeah. And again, the, the, pro, the, the proceeds are, are going to benefit Kevin and to make sure that I survive the run this summer. <laughs> um, and, and I shouldn't say directly to Kevin, they're going to the Buffalo Colon right. Corps, um, which he started, but, um, yeah, it's all for a great cause. And, you know, my my mother, God love her, she's got COPD. She She's not physically active at all. Um, but she's like, I want to do the 15-mile-a-week channel. That's awesome. And, you know, she's planning that because she worked out. She's like, I, I can walk two miles a day. Mm-hmm. I can do that. You know, and she, she's really excited about it. So awesome. it's open to anybody. I got a friend that's going to hike the entire thing. Uh, just because he he doesn't run, but he likes being out in the mountains, mm-hmm. which I, I appreciate. So he'll be hiking 360 miles over three months, which I'm kind of envious of, actually. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice and easy pace to go that far and that long. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, let's be real, Denny. I'm going to be walking at points. Oh, of course, in August. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's all right. Like you said, it's it's forward motion. It's keep going. Like don't stop. Exactly. Don't sit down. Just keep keep grinding. Um, and I assume. Uh, although certainly correct me if I'm wrong, if people just want to donate or want to donate in addition to the, the, uh, the fee of the, the virtual race option, um, they can do that through the, through the website as well. Absolutely. So you go to the website and you know, have the sign up link and there, I think I'm 90% positive. There's a donate link on there. I, I built the site, but I forgot, <laughs> <laughs> but 100% of the donations, uh, go right to the Buffalo colon core, uh, the, the virtual option. 
will help support the actual run across the state. Um, but 100% of the prep uh, donations will go to the Buffalo Colon Corps. And we've, we've already gotten a pretty decent amount of donations, more than we expected at this point, at least. Um, so please keep them, keep them coming in. Uh, this is a great cause. Kevin wants to get a school bus refurbished to take across the state and you know, for educational purposes. And he wants to call it the stool bus. <laughs> So if we can get my cousin Kevin and the not and the Buffalo Colon Corps the stool bus, like that would just make my that would make everything worth it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. If ever there was a reason to to donate some funds to a good cause, there you go. The, the stool bus is uh, as good of a reason as <laughs> as any. Absolutely. So, uh, Marty, as, as as we're getting to the point of of wrapping up today, I can't let you out of here without a philosophical question. And and uh, one of my favorite kind of feel and when i say philosophical like it's just kind of an open-ended something to, to kind of wrap things up with it's maybe not as specific to anything particular that we talked about today although i think there's a good tie-in because one of my favorite philosophical questions that i tend to choose from is kind of a of a learning you know like what has running taught you kind of thing and obviously being an educator being somebody who's who's in in that field anyway uh maybe this is a is a I don't know. Maybe it's a layup. Maybe it's it's a little bit more something that you have to think about a little bit. Uh, but in the, I mean, really, only a couple of years that you've been into the running world, the OCR world, and, and whatnot. Um, curious what uh, what one or two, or I don't know, however many you want to want to give. But what kind of lessons have you learned about yourself from getting into training for races, doing races, coaching people? Like like you know, what what kind of lessons has running an, an OCR events taught you about yourself in the last few years? Well. The simplest one to say is that I have no idea what I am truly capable of. Mm -hmm. um, and most people don't really know what they're capable of. You know, I mean, eight years ago, uh, I'm 6'2", height-wise. I was 250 pounds, a two-pack-a-day smoker, eating at McDonald's every morning. Like, I, the, 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 when people would say, you're out of shape, I would comment with, round is a shape. I'm fine. <laughs> um, you know, and... There was no possible way. And like this was a trend back in high school. I actually, uh, a friend of mine on my personal Facebook commented at one point when I was, I, I did a little, my daughter and I did a workout video together. It was cute and adorable. He's like, this is the dude that would run around the track at school smoking a cigarette. Mm -hmm. Like there was nothing, you know, I, I was active and I was a bit of an athlete, but I, I, I did not care about my body. Um, so that idea of like running a 5k or running, running in general. Like I remember trying to run a mile. I had moved, I had just moved out to Syracuse and I decided to quit smoking and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start running. And that lasted about maybe three weeks or a month because I, I you know, I hurt myself. I wasn't doing mm -hmm. things right, but I, I couldn't run a mile. So when the, the proposition of running a half marathon was presented to me, I'm like, there is no way in hell. Mm -hmm. that that'll happen and uh you know now that happens almost on a weekly basis for me right you know running a, a full marathon again something never will i dream of doing i've put up you know 30 35 miles in a day you know running um so a it's taught me that i have no idea what my limits are but b it's also taught me that i want to find out what they are Mm. right i want to push myself to that brink you know guys like charlie or, or dean carnassus or, or these other you know 
the Iron Cowboy. I can't remember his name off yeah. the top of my head. Um, Everybody just knows but, him as the Iron Cowboy. Like I do too. I, I, his first name's James, yeah. I think, but I can't remember his last name, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these guys talk about pushing through that pain and finding their limits and, and then going past them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I want to know that because, honestly, you know, I'm even thinking about the, the, the full marathon treadmill run I did on Sunday. Like, I know I wasn't at my limit. Mm-hmm. I know I was tired. I know I was fatigued. But I wasn't where – I, I had nothing left, mm-hmm. you know, I want to find out what that is. And I want to see what it takes to really push myself through and, you know, the effects of that, you know, I, I've got currently at my school, I've got five people doing this little squat challenge with me. I, I've got uh, another teacher who asked me to train her and her daughter on how to run a half marathon you know, uh, through the challenge, there's been people that have signed up just because they want to do something for a good cause. And I had one woman email me the other day. She misread the dates because she thought the virtual started already. Mm. And she already finished 361.5 miles, you know, before March. And I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, it didn't <laughs> technically start until May 15th. And she's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do it again. And then I'll do it during the time frame. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you for motivating. And it's like, you know, People just need a little push sometimes, and I need a little push. Right. And so I don't know. I, I'm really looking forward to finding out what my limits are because I have a feeling I'm going to find out in August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, but maybe not because you find out that it's your limit, but you do it, and so maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. And that's yeah. I mean, what a great lesson that uh, I think probably a lot of us have learned in in some form or fashion as as you know our running lives have have advance and evolve. So thank you for, for sharing that Marty. And, and thank you obviously for what you're doing. And guys, if you want to get on board, if you want to join me in the, uh, I, uh, putting it out now, I, I, I will be signing up for this. I will be participating absolutely hundred percent. Um, but, uh, if you, if you want to join myself and myself virtually and, and either, you know, join us virtually or maybe even join Marty in person, uh, P I T canal, dot com is the website with all the information and, and like he said there's all of his training like a, a weekly pretty much weekly training blog that you're that you've been posting um kind of how yep. things are going and, and updates and things like that and stay tuned for for more updates there as well uh on on instagram social media is at ocr librarian 315 and dot com slash 926 uh we'll have everything linked up there as per usual some photos and, and the whole nine yards disruns.com slash 926 so uh marty thanks for uh for for taking the time today thanks for sharing uh some some great stories and and you know the 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 reason behind uh the challenge for this summer uh certainly wish you nothing but the best with with the training nothing but the best with the the event itself um and and please stay in touch let us know how things go if there's anything we can do to to help you out or or continue to raise uh awareness or or whatever um happy to to blast it out as many places as I can as, as much as I can. Um, but, uh, certainly, like I said, wish you nothing but the best. And thanks for the time today, my friend. Thank you, Danny. Really appreciate it. This is fun. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Marty and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway from, uh, from the little chit chat today? Uh, lots of lots of things in there that I feel like I could go with, but but the big one for me, and it kind of wove its way throughout the the, the conversation uh, in its entirety, almost, is the idea of maybe not exactly knowing what our limits are, and and possibly being capable of more than we give ourselves credit for. 
Uh, you know, Marty talked about how, you know, at one point, not too long ago, the idea of a 5k was, was kind of beyond, beyond the reach. Like, I don't know if I could ever do that. And now here we are, you know, in, in a handful of months, he's going to set out to run basically what amounts to a 50 miler every day for a week. And just how, how his perspective of what he can do as a runner has, has dramatically changed in a relatively short period of time. And I feel like to one extent or another, we can all probably relate to that. I certainly know that I can. Um, you know, as, as much as I, I talk about things that I have no desire to do as far as distances, as far as types of races, things like that, um, no longer do I not think that I'm capable or that it's possible or that there's no way I could ever run 100 miles, do some type of crazy event, things like that. I may or may not want to, but that's an entirely different discussion, right? That's, that's an entirely different thing of whether I would like to train for, prepare for, and ultimately attempt certain distances, certain challenges, things like that, that, that has nothing to do with whether or not I think it's possible. And that's, and that's certainly one of those lessons that, that I've learned from running. Sounds like Marty has certainly learned that lesson from running and maybe something that, that hits close to home with you that, that we are capable, we can do, um, and, and, and what we think is the limit right now very well could be no big deal. Not too long down the road, a handful of months, a handful of years, certainly. So, uh, I, I don't know that I need to belabor the point anymore, although I'm sure I probably will, but that's, that's my takeaway today is that, you know, we have a lot of times that I have, maybe not we, I'm not going to throw everybody else under the bus for a change, just throw myself under the bus that there's, there's been times in the not too distant past that I thought that certain things were impossible that now I know that they're possible. Some of them I've done. Some of them I still haven't decided that I want to try, but I know that I could if I decided that I really wanted to. And, uh, I don't know. That's just, that's just what stood out to me. Uh, always a good reminder that, uh, that, that I'm capable and that you're capable and that Marty is certainly capable. So that was my takeaway from today. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today. Got a couple of uh, photos there. Certainly got some links. Certainly you can sign up to join me and Addison. I think she said she wants to do it. We haven't pulled the trigger on, on her doing it yet, but Addison's going to run the kid kids event this summer or starting probably right now and, and running it throughout the summer. I'm going to do the virtual. I'm going to do the big one, the 30 miles per week minimum, although I'll be more than that. Don't worry about that. Um, but we'd love to have you join us in the uh, Pain in the Canal virtual challenge. And we'll have that linked up as well at disruns.com slash 926. That's where I was trying to go with all that. We'll have all that stuff linked up. And of course, there's a comment section down at the bottom as well disruns.com slash 926 to get you there and uh with that while you're on the website if you're interested in finding out more about the coaching you know and maybe maybe not for nothing exploring your limits and, and maybe reaching beyond them i can help you with that i think i'm I think i'm qualified to say that uh disruns.com slash coaching has all that information all the details any questions that you have let me know and with that we'll go ahead and wrap this one up uh thank you all for listening if you enjoyed this one uh i hope you did and if you and if you did Feel free to, to spread the word, share it far, share it wide. Uh, let's get some some folks supporting uh, the, the cause. Uh, join me in supporting the cause. Um, but even if, if this cause isn't for you, hey, it might be for somebody else. So hit that share button, spread the word. And uh, until next time, y'all, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you guys.